Hey y'all, so I know I haven't been in here for a while. There's been a lot of changes that's going on in life due to the current state of the world. And uh, I've just been taking a little mental health break. I have been on my website at heyfriend.com if you want to check out some of my recent posts. It's H-E-Y-Y-F-R-I-E-N-D.com. Um, but that's been easier for me because um, I'm an introvert. So writing is something that I can do alone. Whereas podcasting generally... It'll, it, it makes me have to be involved with others, and sometimes I like to go back in my shell. So I was talking to my boyfriend about it, and he kindly said that he would do a takeover episode, which I really appreciate. Show him some love, if you will. This is his first time, and so um, I think he did great. We also got George from the Soul Boxing Show, which I'm a little salty that Ashley got to interview George before me, but it's all good. I'll be back in my, my state of mind that I want to be in, and I'll be interviewing George soon. But, you know, it's no shame in taking a mental health day. And it's no shame in being so overwhelmed in life that you put some things down. But I love everyone. I hope you've been doing good in the midst of everything that's happening. Praying for everyone. Thank you for all your support. And I'll be back soon. But in the meantime, here they go. Hi, guys. How you doing? This is Ashley, Asia's boyfriend. So I'm just stepping in for this week with a little takeover show. Um, what I wanted to do is I just wanted to have a conversation with somebody, um, especially like a young black guy from the US, just to kind of, I don't know, just kind of like, just have a little bit of discussion, ask a few questions and just sort of see where it goes from there. Um, I've got a, who's got um, his own podcast, The Soul Boxing Show. Is it The Soul Boxing Show? Soul Boxing Podcast. Uh, Soul Boxing Show. Yeah, man. Um, George, just do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm George uh, from Virginia here in the United States, uh, the host of the Soul Boxing Show. Glad to be on, man. I, I think we can have some really good good discussion. Yeah, man. No, definitely, man. Definitely. Um, just in advance, so forgive me for the accent, man, because I know there's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to say that you might not necessarily understand, but just by all means, man, just cut me off. Let me know and I'll just I'll explain it, man. Uh, yeah, no worries. Let's go, man. All right, cool, man. So um, I'll go first, innit? The first thing I wanted to sort of ask was, um, what do you feel are like the biggest challenges sort of growing up in America? Um, America, I think the biggest challenge being being a black man in America is that you got so many uh, issues with prejudice. You know, I think a lot of times people confuse prejudice and racism. It's one of the biggest things. That, yeah. Um, racism, it means that you have some kind of power over me to it prevent me from getting things whereas prejudice is just belief system and how you were raised up so I think the prejudices in America were just hard you know um, we are yeah. such a nation of communities where you know you have communities of like poor people that stay together and that, that community of poor people is then divided amongst people over that same race so you know you got poor black people poor white people poor Hispanic people yeah. and all these different groups have their own prejudices and you really don't interact with each other on a positive level yeah and so i think that was the hardest yeah. thing growing up just understanding that you know you have all these people who have a light financial background but they don't share mm -hmm. any other kind of uh like i guess you would say almost like history with one another so you got like poor white people who think they're better than poor black people and poor black people think they're better than poor hispanic people but all y'all still in the same financial uh -huh. boat you know and until yeah. I went to the military and got to experience the being around people of different races 
and that their belief mm-hmm. systems were just jacked up, mine's included. I really didn't know that. So I think I think that's the hardest thing that I had to, I had to deal with growing up, just dealing with those prejudices and how people, for the most part, aren't educated. You know, it's a historical belief system that's passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, I wanted to ask. So um, so let's say like sort of growing up when you was in sort of like high school or um college or anything, did you did you sort of did you sort of like associate yourself would you mix with like other races or was it more kind of would you just sort of stay with sort of like the black crowd or stay with like sort of black people or were like blacks and hispanics and whites all sort of mixing together in high uh, school not in my high school i went to a predominantly black inner city school i think man yeah. about 20 white students total oh, in, a, okay. in a whole school of about a thousand some odd people you know, it, it was yeah. it was not a lot of mixing of races, not from not from the environment I grew up in. Now, one yeah, the world, you know, like got onto um, college for a year, and then just being in general life, you see more of it, and not in hospital. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I think it was slightly different for us because, especially growing up in London, a lot of I would say the high schools that were in the predominantly um, lower class areas, they had more black students in it. But when you go out of London and you go to other cities, um, I would say the black people weren't necessarily the um, majority. They were more the minority. So there was always sort of like, but I think there was always sort of like clashes and things like that as well. But I think with that as well, you had certain people that were more open because I think especially with black people, especially in the UK, black people are very accommodating. So we are very happy for, um, to um, accept other people's cultures and respect it. Do you know what I mean? And I think where the frustration lies with us is that where we would respect another culture, it's like you got to give us at least that freedom to respect our own. Do you know what I mean? Because... One discussion that especially a lot of people have in the UK is the fact of you can have like a Jewish school or you can have like a Muslim school, or you can have someone like you can have like a religious school, you could even have um certain like cultural schools. So there'll be a school that's mainly predominantly for like Indian children. So they'll teach them how to um like IT, it might teach them um language skills and things like that as well. Whereas anything for like black people, it's a bit like, well, what about us or what about the other race? So I think for us there's that backlash of us having that pride to feel like we can own something ourselves if that makes sense exactly so from school so from school we're already trying to integrate into what we perceive to be acceptable society and acceptable society is what the school teach us do you know what i mean no i mean we experience the same thing here i think one of the biggest things with with here and i will see is uh hip-hop as an example uh we have such a level of corporate appropriation here which is whatever black people create um because we don't have any necessarily foothold in the industry to make these things, that culture is taken from yeah. us and sold back to us. So when uh, hip hop first debut yeah. with like Run DMC and Run DMC, for example, ran Adidas tennis shoes. You know, they had the song My Adidas. Yeah. Right before that, Adidas wasn't yeah, yeah. a brand so much community. It was just a sneaker. But from that song, yeah. Adidas started selling millions of dollars worth of shoes in the black community. And so because these two gen- these yeah. three gentlemen wrote 
just about what they wore on a daily basis, Adidas was able to financially mm-hmm. benefit from it. And so for um, yeah, yet and you know I think it's something we struggle with. We have yet to grab the fact need more of an industry to make these things in order to keep your culture going. As your culture hits a wall, yeah, because if you can't manufacture it, then you yeah. can't monetize it. And so what tends to happen is that we become the I guess you would say almost say we're like the cultural face or something without being the monetized face behind it. So you know we're like okay, yeah. Jay Z wears Rockaway. Jay Z doesn't own a Rockaway factory. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree totally, man. It, it here here is more prevalent because you don't see as many people trying to um because in the '60s of the whole integration um movement, you don't see as many people trying to integrate from that standpoint. At, and they just end up integrating because they have no choice in order to monetize their voice yeah no that makes sense oh cool man that's interesting to kind of yeah interesting insight yeah so let me ask you this because um do you think your educational system in the uk kind of like push you on a path to succeed after you graduate school like after you graduated your, your grade school levels do you feel like the educational system uh, taking university out of it was able to prepare you for life on your own? Um, I would say no. Um, the reason I would say no is because I'm quite... In certain situations, I can be quite black and white. Um, and when I say that, I mean I'm just quite straight to the point. And for me, I think to myself, when I was growing up in school... Um, the stuff that they was trying to um, get us to subscribe to wasn't going to benefit us in the real world. Like, I would never, I don't think, um, well, I'm 31 years of age now, and I don't think I've ever needed to know how much wives Henry VIII had and which one did what and who got beheaded and all that sort of stuff. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, you're sitting there drumming that into my head in school. Why aren't you telling me about insurance and... APRs and investments and you know things like fixed savings and you know things that I'm going to need like and I think for me especially when it comes to the educational system you need to be able to at least provide people with those tools so when they go out they can succeed or they can at least try and make something for themselves whereas when you kind of pigeonhole them in a certain box and then everyone's in that same box it's like literally like crabs in a bucket because you put everybody in this bucket and then everyone's trying to climb out and and that's where you kind of get that sort of, um, I feel like a lot of kids, especially nowadays, are disengaged with education. Because I always say to people, like, I believe education is important, but I don't believe it is the be all and end all. Like, you don't necessarily, like, I know a lot of people that once they finish school, they've gone off, done their own thing, and they're very successful in what they're doing. And for me, I feel like that's because what they were being taught in school wasn't what they were seeing in reality what they were seeing in real life or what they can apply in real life so for me i don't think it necessarily sets you up i think it kind of it puts you in it puts you in that mindset of you're going to be a worker as opposed to you are going to own something or you're going to thrive off something like do you know what i mean you're going to create your own business gotcha gotcha i think it's the same thing yeah here. i mean like we do what they consider to be basic academic skills but i don't think those academic skills translate to what you need when you graduate you know, and so yeah. I think it's the same process that we, we prepare 
we prepare uh, less fortunate people to be employees their whole life. You know, we really don't prepare them to be yeah. entrepreneurs or have that entrepreneurial uh, information necessary yeah. to succeed. Yeah. And I think you, it's almost as if it's like there's a period. Because I remember once I was like, I was with my boys and we were just talking. And one of my friends said to me, he was like, he said, when when was that time period where they took our hope from us? And like my other, my other mates were just a bit like, what are you talking about? And for me, I kind of looked at him and I was thinking to myself, are you talking about like, sort of like when you're studying, like when you're educated? Because I remember being a kid, like if I told a five-year-old or my niece or someone to write a story, yeah, it's like they will talk about something that just doesn't make sense. But to them, it's creative. So they'll talk about like unicorns flying through the moon and there's a shark that's a spaceship or something. Whereas when you get to a certain age and you told someone to write a story, if I told my 13-year-old niece to write a story, she's going to sit there and plan it out and be like, that doesn't make sense. It has to make this. It has to. So it's almost as if it's like there's a period where they structure your mind to start thinking like this is the correct way to do stuff and this is the incorrect way to do stuff. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I mean? Like I have I have twins, twin girls that are eight and a six-year-old little girl. And seeing their creativity is yeah. something I always tell them, you know, like don't ever stop being creative. That is, that's just as free as yeah. you can be when you can just create. And so mm -hmm. the biggest thing from when I yeah. was a kid was that when I was a kid, my parents are always like, get a good job. You know, it was like, get a good job, get a good job. Yeah. At the time, I was old enough to remember. Mm -hmm. And with my daughters, I'm like, mm -hmm. be whatever you want to be. I don't care if it's a good job, bad job. As long as you love it, that's all that matters to me. You know, don't worry about how yeah. much money you're going to make. The money will find you. Just be whatever yeah. it is. One of my daughters, like, she wants to be a fashion designer. So she makes clothes out of, like, grocery bags. Mm -hmm. You know, and... and she just oh, cool. puts up these grocery bags. She's like, Daddy, I made you a vest. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what's up. It's a vest. I'm going to wear it. But it's to keep that energy because school saps it away from you so quick. Yeah. So now nah, I agree totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. That's like, that's one thing, especially like with my nieces and stuff. Because like, for me, there's certain holidays and there's certain stuff that I don't necessarily like celebrate and just personally. But if like my if like one of my sisters is like yeah we're gonna do something I wouldn't be like the guy that's gonna be the Scrooge and I'll let them keep that bit of imagination at because with that comes the creativity and they start thinking outside the box and if you're not thinking outside the box who knows like what you can create what stuff you can design because most of the time for me whenever there's like I don't know whether it's a musician whether it's like a creator if they turn around and they said oh, I'm gonna create this people the first thing they say to them is you're crazy until the moment they create it so. <laughs> I always say like try to make sure like I always try to make sure they know that their minds are like limitless like they can always think outside of that box and not have to feel like yeah they they have to be constructed to something and encouragement that's the other thing you've got to encourage the kids you have to yeah man but all right let me ask you another question then um this one's quite interesting I wanted to know what is yeah, it like dating in America? You got, got to do that. Oh, can you hear me? Hello? Oh, man. So I was married for seven years. I, I was married for seven years. Um, that didn't work out okay. too well. 
Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. So I was married I was married for seven years. That didn't work out too well. Uh, so going from the dating game to being married to being on outskirts of the dating <laughs> game, because I haven't really started dating again yet. But here's what I would say. I would say that here the dynamic is different. Um mostly because I think that like the women here are a lot more in control of the dating okay. process than the men are. <laughs> so it's not so much like when I when I first started dating, it was, you know, the guys to girl out and you kind of controlled everything. You know, you controlled pretty much when your first date was, how much y'all talked. And it's not yeah. like that anymore. I think now the biggest thing is that women are kind of in control. They're recognizing their own power. And so dating yeah. here is more of a dynamic of, I don't think a lot of people date for purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot yeah. of people date now. Now now that I'm older and I'm back in this, I'm 42. Like I said, I was married for seven years. Um, yeah. But coming back, say that my boyfriend, my girlfriend, so I can have somebody to sleep with. Oh, I'm going to say that you're my boyfriend. I'm girl, my girlfriend, so I can have somebody to live with. You know, and I don't think it yeah. really has an extended purpose. And so for me, it's like a disconnect because I'm coming into mm-hmm. it like, no, I'm a father, and I don't, I'm not gonna just date for the sake of being like I'm with somebody. You know, to be like, hey, yeah. you know, me and this person together. Nah, I mean, I want to date with the intent that you know, hey, I got three girls that are gonna need not only their real mother but yeah. whoever I'm dating. It's gonna yeah. be a mother to them as well, you know. So I don't think a lot of a lot of people date. I think more people explore now. So I think dating isn't the yeah. right word anymore. It's more like self exploration <laughs> through the use of other people, you know. So I don't I don't see more a lot of traditional what I would consider dates anymore. You know, where you get on, going out, you're getting to know somebody, you're trying to have your separate lives, but also a joint life that you're kind of building together. I don't see a lot of that anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think the dating game is way different than when I was last in it. And I think that's kind of like back in the office to being in that process of dating. Yeah. But definitely it's a different experience. What about there? What is, what is dating like in the UK? Um, I think it's a little, it's, it's mixed and match from the last time I was sort of in, because it's been a while since I've been dating. So um, I think in terms of how women are over here is they're very much um they're strong-minded so they know what they want and they won't necessarily kind of sort of settle which i think in a way is a good is in a way it's a good sense because it makes the guys more determined as well to kind of be the better be a better part of themselves because for some women they don't necessarily care about the wealth and all of that stuff they just want someone that they can kind of kick it with and i think for guys it's harder isn't it because you have to try and filter through a dating system to try and find that right person so i think a lot of the time guys will be invested or even girls will be invested in guys vice versa and maybe a year or two years down the line they realize it's not the person that they thought it was because what people tend to try and do sometimes is put on that persona of i'm gonna try and display the best person who i am when like throughout time the cracks mm. will start to show but um i think in terms of 
like from an outsider looking in, I think it's quite healthy over here. I think a lot of people um, are more actively dating, but like you said as well, I think it's more some a lot of people. It's more about that having that status. Do you know what I mean? It's having yeah, I've got this person here. They're doing this. They're doing that. Like it's almost like it's almost like having that them them bragging rights. If that makes sense. No, exactly. I think that you know, and again, we're in a we're in a social media age, which I think has mm-hmm. also changed a lot of stuff that. Yeah. That dam- dynamic of our lives being uh, we're kind of sharing our lives with the public. You know, I'm I'm old enough to remember yeah. when uh, reality TV first debuted, and yeah. that's kind of like where we are now. You know, we're like in reality relationships. Yeah. You know, it's like, can I post that me and my girl did this, or me and my man did this, and we're so happy and we're so engaged? You know, that it's difficult now to really build um, strong bonds. You know, and that's what that's yeah. what I'm more into. I'm more into like strong bonds, you know, like the the temporary release yeah. of anything really don't satisfy me. And I think being married had a lot yeah. to do with that. You know, coming from that environment back into the dating yeah. game, I'm like, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. grasp the concept of um I'm dating multiple people at the same time. You know, yeah. So no, I and I, I think that's one of the things yeah. here. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think for me, it's like, I'm pretty much the same. I'm like, sometimes, you know, is I know what I want and um, I feel like once I kind of find what I want, I'm willing to invest that time and invest and put that effort in as well. But like you said, I think there's a lot of the time people have put labels on things. And for me, one thing is I don't like putting a label. I don't, cause I feel like sometimes when you hear the word girlfriend or you hear the word boyfriend, you automatically think of roles and things that they should be doing and they should be providing. Whereas for me, I always say, like, I always wanted a team player. I always want someone that I can, you get me, that's going to pick me up when I'm down, someone that we can work together. Do you know what I mean? And we both got the same goals to succeed. And especially, like, since um, I met Asia and we were talking and everything, it just got to a point where I started realising that, you know what, this is someone that's willing to be a team player. This is someone that I can actually, like build a bond with like I can talk to like it's not I think a lot of the time with dating sometimes people get love and lust mixed up and I think you can lust somebody and be like oh I just want them but when you kind of love someone it's just like I just want to be around them I just want to kick it with them like I just want to like chill and watch Netflix and like just have jokes and it's all those little things in between that make it worthwhile do you know what I mean and I think that's what people think that they're going for but it's not really what they're going for. It's the idea of it. So, yeah, like in terms of that, it's quite it's it's quite challenging. But people still tend to like date quite yeah. often around I mean, here this as is, well. It's a whole new world, out here. you know. And I and I think that like um, part of it is adaptation. You know, being able to adapt to it. But I also feel like you know there are some things that are just foundations of who you are as a person. And um, you know, I don't think you should yeah. keep constantly adjusting your foundations to satisfy a world that's changing around you you know so if it's something that you hold dear then I mean like by yeah. all means hold it dear and let that be something that you be like hey this is my non-negotiables you know but there's some other things that you can be like oh, yeah. you know me my way of thinking was was twisted on this and I'm open to new stuff so definitely um mm-hmm. let me ask you this because you know I, I'm a I'm a history buff so I've always like got got really into history, oh. and when you look at like 
just the region of Europe as a whole. Everything is like all these countries are so close together, way more, way different than it is in America. So yeah, like a must for you growing up, or was travel like a luxury to be able to visit like France and Spain and all these other places? Oh, um, I would say. Oh, that's interesting, actually. Um, I would say it was a must. I would say it was a must. Like the reason why I say that is because um, within Europe, you've got all mm-hmm. these. You've got multiple different countries, um, and within all of these countries, they have their own individual sort of like culture. Some might be similar, but they have their own sort of cultural identities, and they they're very quite proud of that as well. So. It's almost like when we was younger growing up, sometimes you could get like a ferry to France and it wouldn't be, it would only be like maybe, um, what's the okay. equivalent? Maybe like what, $20, I think, if that it would be like that. So for some people, it was easy to just take the kids to France for the day or something like that. So, um, and especially, um, I'm not sure if like people are quite aware, but in, in the UK, we have quite a strong mm-hmm. um, Caribbean culture. Um, especially around sort of i would say the sort of 80s sort of up to the sort of 2000 was very strong um caribbean culture sort of afterwards we then started having more sort of like african culture and stuff as well but um a lot of with that families travel and black people travel all over so you might have that odd cousin that lives in france or the odd cousin that lives in germany and things like that so maybe one summer you might go over there so i feel as though it for me it was more of especially within Europe, it was more of a must. Whereas if you were kind of traveling outside of Europe, it was more kind of, that was more considered a bit more luxury. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. What about sort of like in America? Was it seen, is it seen sort of like a must to travel around different states or do people tend to more stay around sort of like their state or their sort of region? Definitely here kind of varies. Varies a lot with the household you kind of grew up in. Um, like my household, we travel within Virginia mm-hmm. a lot, you know. So I've been to, I had been to a lot of places within Virginia growing up. After I became an adult, I traveled to a lot of other states. So mm-hmm. I got to go to California and I got to go to New York and got to go to Florida. And then that's when you see the cultural difference. Mm-hmm. Cultural differences here are the same way as state to state, mm-hmm. you know. So you might, it's totally different being in mm-hmm. a neighboring state such as North Carolina than it is living in Virginia. The culture is different. The dialect is different. Um, accents yeah. are different. What people mm-hmm. eat are different. And so, mm-hmm. um, so much here is, it's not really a necessity to travel. In most states, unless you're in the inner United States, the Midwest, you're close to a beach. So you can go to the beach or you can do, go to the mountains, like typically within driving distance. Um, yet, you know, Again, it just it kind of was one of those things where it was a luxury to really travel, travel like across the United States, East Coast, West Coast. Um, that was a luxury. That wasn't something. Yeah. Up around could just be like, hey, we're gonna take this money and take this family of five <laughs> and go to California for the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely, um, yeah, travel was good. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think for us, like especially for me growing up, um. Like, so I'm from, like, my mum's um, Jamaican descent, so I got, like, and my dad's St. Lucian, so majority of my family are back in the Caribbean. So when my mum was 
booking holidays, we weren't going to like France or going to, she would think, all right, then we're going to go back to Jamaica to see family and stuff. So for me, it was more, when I was younger, I never really saw those as holidays. I just saw it as like, I'm going back to see family sort of thing. And as much as Jamaica's nice and all of that sort of stuff, it's like you tend to kind of spend time in the sort of like, in the more rural side of things. Cause like, but growing up in the UK, I was very much like, especially when I was younger, I was more sort of like, I had that sort of, that British mentality. Like I would go to the Caribbean and want like chips and, oh, hold on, what you guys call it fries, sorry. Yeah, I'd want like fries and things like that, like in the Caribbean. Whereas like my grandma would give me like a piece of yam or some green banana or something like that to eat. But I think when you get older, you then start to travel around. We started traveling a bit more around Europe. So I started going to like Spain. Um, I've been to like Denmark and places like that. And you start to see different cultures and you see that people take pride in their cultures. So then when you go back to your own, instead of having that sort of, oh, I want fries and that, you're like, no, nah, let me take pride in what grows on the land and what you then have that a bit more of appreciation. So I think for me, one thing I would always say to people is always to travel, man, and go and see the world and talk to people and, learn different experiences and different stuff because mate it's a beautiful place man trust me it's it a beautiful is i place. definitely agree with that i think um i learned more from just being around it made me appreciate home a lot more but i learned more from just being able to travel yeah. around and see how different people operate in their own environment um you know what i would say is that like yeah you know try not to be a tourist you know when you travel around just kind of embrace the culture you know don't do the touristy things you know so <laughs> like yeah, yeah i can't yeah i can't yeah i think since i turned about 17 18 i said to myself if i go to any country i need to i feel like I, if i'm going there i need to be amongst the people and amongst like i want to see the yeah the realness exactly. do you know what i mean because like the that touristy stuff that's just basically like <laughs> that's just the blanket putting over you man do you know what I mean? To take <laughs> your money from you. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, hold on. Yes, sir. Is it you're my job? Is it my turn to ask a question? Oh, this one I was quite interested in because, um, so basically, like we was um, mentioning before, like, especially when it comes to sort of like the black community, um, we're aware that globally that we're at the bottom of the economic food chain. We're like, we are struggling throughout. And I always say to people is that we're all sort of aware of these issues and these problems. And we see stuff on social media and we have all these platforms where we can communicate. And one thing that I always sort of try to pick people's brains, like I, I never say there's a right or wrong answer to it, but I always ask in regards to sort of like black betterment, what do you feel are like the first sort of steps that we need to take you know what I mean? To have that sort of global understanding and have that sense where it's like, do you know what? These are the first steps we need to take to improve black communities. That's and a, this that's is how a we good can question. It, sort of thing. So um, when you sent me that question, I was looking at it and I, and the conclusion I came to is that at some point you have to unify. You know, I think our, I think our biggest struggle mm -hmm. as black people in general is that we are so separated and we found comfort in that separation. You know, mm -hmm. so if you look at just the the, the African yeah. continent and the Caribbean, none of those, none of those, that mm -hmm. continent, none of those countries claim each other. You know, it's like, okay, I'm from the Congo, mm. from Trinidad, I'm from Tobago, you know, I'm from the 
I'm from the UK, but we're we're all mm-hmm. black, but we never confirmed that blackness, you know. Yeah. And we're e- yeah to manipulate when you're already separated. And so you know exactly I, as I exactly. tell people here all the time, I like the biggest problem in the black community here is that we keep allowing ourselves to be separated. And then by being separated, what happens is we're able to mm-hmm. be monetarily put against each other. Um, so what we can do, what we do is, for instance, I've yeah. talked to, I have friends that were from Africa. And they'll be like, is they don't recognize black people mm-hmm. as being authentic Africans. You know, so I'm like, but yeah, we we're, we're descendants just like you all. But like, no, 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 you're not you're no longer from Africa, so you're just Americans. And I'm like, well, nah, because the, the, the struggles we're dealing with here, you're dealing with there. It's the same struggle. It's just on a different battlefield. And so I think for us that we have to have wow. unification. At some point, we have to drop all of the uh, layers of I'm from here or I'm from this and recognize that as long as we don't <clears throat> recognize each other, we, we can't we can't achieve any, any kind <clears throat> of strength. I mean, like, if you look at... J- we're not really as much of a minority as we like to think that we are. You know, if you take and be like, hey, you know what? Yeah. If we put all these people together, you're actually stronger than what you may be. But, you know, us being constantly self-separated, you yeah. know, it's being like self-separated is is the first thing we have to destroy. And so we destroy that that myth. We're not connected. We're, we're going to be in the same same boat that we're in. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good, that's an interesting outlook on it. Like, I've asked a few people this, and even when I get some of the answers that I get back, it's just it's just interesting to kind of see. And I think these are the sort of discussions that I think, especially as black people, that we need to have, because I think it's healthy to come to a conclusion or come to an agreement that, do you know what, this is the, these are like some steps that we need to start taking. Do you know what I mean? And having an action plan and i think what it is is like you said is that divide mentality is it's i think through years of be like having that sort of installed in us it's almost as if it's like it's hard for some people to shift that if that makes sense because for me one thing is like i always say to people is like especially in like the uk they might be like oh don't go to this area or don't go to that area and i say to people i'll go where i want um and it's not because i feel like i'm untouchable but i feel like i can't fear my people and when i look at especially when i look at young black boys and young black women they're kings and queens to me so i'm looking at them and i'm thinking i'm not going to look at you with anger and hatred i'm going to look at you with love and compassion because you got the whole world looking at you with hatred like and for me to kind of look at you in that same sort of light, it's a bit like, well, I'm just based, everything that I'm basically working towards, I'm ba- my actions aren't kind of articulating it. So it's a bit like, I think one thing is we need to kind of, like you said, unify and we need to learn to kind of love each other, man. We need to learn to not look at each other with jealousy and look at each other with hatred and this person's got that, so I need to do this. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we need to just have that sort of, I don't know, man. It's it's it's, a, it's a, I always think to myself like my answer, my views on that will always sort of like shift and change. But I always think it's a good question or a good discussion the, for people to have. I know what here one of the cultural questions you you really can't dive into is that um, 
the un the unification culture. When you start talking that culturally, people get rubbed mm-hmm. the wrong. Um, but you know, I, I'm of the belief yeah. that everything begins and ends with with identity. You know, when you don't, when you're not able to identify with mm-hmm. any earlier, when you're able to put a label on something and you change people's mindset towards it. So if I tell you uh, this area is the slums or this area mm-hmm. is the projects, then mentally that forms a picture that makes you say, I don't want to mm-hmm. be in that area. You know, and I'm the- Yeah. And if you're in that area, you want to leave that area. Do you know what I mean? It's like people have that that mindset yeah, then, of, I can't wait other, to get out of here sort of thing. Whereas then, if the they were building up- That's crazy because the other side <laughs> of that um, yeah. is that I tell you this area is too nice for you to be in. So I put you in your your own self-sustained prison. Yeah. You know, it being like, okay, well, you're not here, so you don't want to go to this area because it's yeah. bad, but you're not allowed in this area because it's too good. Mm. So inherently, you stay in one area mm. because you feel like this is where I belong. And so you have to tear down some of those identities and like, hey, yeah. you know what? You're you can go anywhere you want. And again, it's not about being invincible. It's about being like I'm not gonna be attached to a definition yeah. that you provide for me. And so I think that 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 is that's deep. Man. Yeah, I, I think that as a as a as a people, man, much work to do, but we have so many years of just yeah. embedded like information that you have to get rid of first. Yeah, it's true, and that's why I think it starts with and this is and these are like like you were saying. It's like when people have kids and stuff as well. It's being able to have these discussions with them and have these talks with them and listen to them as well because a lot of times some people don't really listen to what like what the youth have to say do you know what I mean so when you feel like you don't really have a voice you just think well do you know what nah. fuck it I'm just going to do whatever I want do you know what I mean definitely, and that's how you definitely. spiral down um, maybe ask you this question because uh, you know we talked about um, geography we talked about the educational system so I know here music is a big cultural influence Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't get a lot of UK I just yeah. say hip hop artists we do get a lot of the UK pop music here um, people who, who cross over so how much was music an influence yeah. in your growing up uh, how much is it still an influence in your day to day life um, music is a it's a massive influence to me man um I've got like a few music tattoos on me um, growing up. So for me, um, growing up in a predominantly Caribbean household, um, a lot of reggae was being played in my house. Um, a lot of Garnet Silk, a lot of Dennis Brown, um, Freddie McGregor. There was a lot of artists that my mom growing up would play in the household. Um, um, I'm one of the youngest. I'm the second youngest. So my older brother and my older sister they would, li- they would listen to, like, my sister was more into sort of, like, Tupac, West Coast sort of stuff. So she would listen to, like, mm-hmm. Tupac, Snoop. Um, I remember she put me onto, like, Bone Thugs. Um, my brother was very much into sort of, like, um, P. Diddy. He was listening to Biggie. He was listening to, like, Bad Boys, all that sort of stuff. So for me, it kind of, like, when it came to sort of, like, US music in my household, I would get a lot of influence from my older siblings um when i started listening to music myself 
I started going more down sort of like British music. So I would listen to, I'm not sure if you guys, are you guys aware of um, Garage Music or Grime? Have you heard of it? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. That's my first time here. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Hello? Yeah, so um, I grew up listening to like a lot of grime music. So for me, that was like my era. It was like a lot of people around my sort of age that were MCing quite fast, um, DJing. So, but a lot of that sort of stemmed from the sort of Caribbean culture where they would have like a DJ and people would just start MCing and passing the mic around. Um, so for me, it was like the British culture that I was being raised in with that Caribbean essence to it. So we, so that's the sort of music that I started listening to. Um, as I started getting a little bit more older, I tend to just listen to everything, man. Um, I studied music as well, so I listen to all all sorts, man. I like, um, because I, I just think to myself, you can gain influence from anything. Do you know what I mean? I can listen to classical music and make a hip hop beat out of a out of a classical sample or something like that. So for me, I never like limit myself to what it is, but. I would say growing up, there was a high percentage of US music that we listened to, but we still had our own sort of musical identity. It just wasn't mainstream. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was good though. But what about um, in terms of sort of a US view from like UK music, what sort of stuff were you guys sort of exposed to? Was there any artists in particular that you guys were exposed to? Um. Me being older, uh, I was I I got exposed not really so much to hip hop, but again, you know, like what they consider pop artists here. Yeah. So um you got a lot of that Elton John, I grew up listening to him. Um okay. uh like Phil Collins, you know, all like definitely mm-hmm. bands. Um so you know, we start getting into like uh Led Zeppelin, all the bands from over there. That's what I grew up listening to. Um Oh, okay. Later in the 2000s, you know, Craig David, Adele, uh, people like mm-hmm. that were more exposed to me. Um, I'm a music lover, so I would, I've never been against yeah. any type of music. I, I pretty much listen to just about mm-hmm. everything you can name <laughs> is on my playlist. Yeah. As I yeah. tell people all the time, if you put <laughs> my playlist on anywhere, you couldn't pinpoint my race. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were like, all right. <laughs> Plug his iPhone in. You gonna hear some of everything. By the time you finish, yeah. you're like, I don't know, if this dude is a black dude from New York, or is he like a white guy from Texas? Or yeah. I listen to everything, um, and I expose my daughters mm-hmm. to everything because I want them to know that music kind of like spans past what your cultural beliefs are. Um, so yeah. I think like for me growing up, um, I grew up in the hip hop era. My my biggest influence growing up was like Public Enemy, Tupac. And then um, my parents played a lot of rock, like what they consider like classic rock here. So I got a lot of all the bands and stuff from the 60s, you know, like Beatles. I got a lot of Kenny Rogers, uh, every every pretty much band, everything during the 60s era you can name. I got exposed to those also. And then, of course, you know, all the cultural favorites, Michael Jackson, Prince, all those things came across the line, too. as a writer, because I, I, before I did all this, I was a poet before I got into being, you know, a podcaster. I would say that music has always played a role in my writing. You okay. know, I've, I've become able to yeah. play a song and pull the words out of it and just hear the instrumental. 
even though it's no instrumental playing, you could put on some music and I'd be like, hey, I like that beat. I want to write something to just that beat. And I don't hear the artist anymore. All I hear is the music. And so on. Yeah. I think music has been a great influence. You know, I think that as, as just in general, we all love music, but music hits us all differently. And so I think that that's the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always say to people, when it comes to like musical influences and stuff like that, there's so many names to mention. It's like, I feel like, I feel like sometimes I'll do certain people like a disservice, even forgetting about the influence that they had on me as well. So I always say to people, for me, how I look at music is I look at it like it's an, music's like an emotion. And it's like, you never go through the whole of life feeling one particular way. Your emotions always change exactly. in it. So your musical preference will always change. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're going to wake up, like there's certain days I might wake up and I might want to listen to like, I don't know, some hip hop. Um, I might want to listen to, I might wake up the next day and think, you know, I'm in a classical mood. I want to hear some reggae. I want to hear some dubstep. Like, I'll, 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 like whatever I'm feeling, I'll play in it. So... I always say to people, don't limit yourself, man. Don't like feel like you just have to keep listening to one thing. Like, switch it up, because I guarantee majority of the artists that they like or the producers nope. that they like, they're not just listening to one thing. <laughs> they're listening to a whole range of different stuff, and they're gaining influence from all these other things. Like, so yeah, man. Yeah, I lo- like. <laughs> I could talk about music for hours. I'll be honest with you. I could talk, <laughs> I could talk, I could talk about music for hours, man. But um, this is one thing I wanted to ask you as well. My last question is, I wanted to know sort of what your sort of views and sort of understanding of the UK black community is from that US perspective. So in terms of what you guys are sort of exposed to within, like how do you feel like black people are sort of living and sort of being raised Um. within... So you can't I would say this, from your we ass. have limited exposure to the black community in Europe. Um, in particular, they don't show here on TV. They don't. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a broad perspective of what of what black people are experiencing over there, what they're going through, what from a culture perspective is in and out. Yeah. Um, and so what mostly yeah. we get, if you don't dig for it, is we get a few mm-hmm. shots here and there of. A few black people in the crowd so for instance they'll show like a crowd of protesters you know and they'll show like a few black people in the crowd and i'm like oh now mm-hmm. on my own because i'm somebody who mm-hmm. again I, I i i search for knowledge so on my own i just started you know looking for things mm-hmm. and i started finding out about the the tremendous caribbean and african influence mm-hmm. in the uk you know just from me own just mm-hmm. looking at stuff and what I find is that you find out more stuff through things you yeah. think about. So I was watching the show at work one day. Uh, it was like Border Wars UK. So I'm at work one day. I'm watching Border Wars UK. And I'm like, man, I really yeah. didn't know that many people traveled between Africa and, and the UK. So that led me to a whole, down a whole different path of starting to figure out, okay, so why mm-hmm. do so many people travel? And that's when I found out what you just mentioned at the beginning of this, that they have families that are in Africa, you know, and these families have splintered off and they spread. Mm-hmm. They're doing visits back and forth. You have kids who have never seen their grandparents so much, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. hey, I can go back and forth. I can see my uncle. And so yeah. that 
it's not tremendously different. I feel like when I see it, it's pocket just like it is. You know, you have these pockets, successful people who are in better areas, and then you have pockets of people who are less successful that are in an area together. You know, and I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is that it's not a lot of difference in our in our culture as much as it is a communication. You know, like we don't we don't get to talk. We don't get to have conversations like yeah. this. You know, to be like, man, we relate a lot more yeah. than we think we do. You know, because I think yeah. here growing up when we thought of black people in Europe, we thought you guys were all Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've gone back to the Caribbean and I remember like my cousins and that asking me like, oh, like, so what? You you live in Buckingham Palace, yeah. you know the Queen, and I'm just like, that's what it is. Oh, like, only the you knew. only two places we get of black people in Europe are either y'all you're well to do or you're butlers. You know, it's like we got Jeffrey the butler, and then we and we don't see mm. anything else. That's the only images yeah. that our TV gives us, or you know, that's the only images we're yeah. shown. So I think it. I think for us, it takes an education. You know, we we need more conversations like this. We need more access to be to be like, hey, this is what a normal day is like. Mm-hmm. You know, like being under this like veil. Yeah, man, they're like off than us. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is as well is I feel like sometimes, especially like I'm aware that growing up in a black community, you're not you, you weren't necessarily raised with a silver spoon in your mouth. Um, a lot of the times we go through struggles and we go through certain things and sometimes we feel like we're alone. And I think it's good for especially like two black men to have a discussion or two black women to have a discussion. And that are two different sides of the of the, the pond but can still relate to certain things because then they know that you know what it's not sometimes it opens your eyes to know mm-hmm. that you know what we're not just suffering alone this is happening globally do you know what I mean and through those discussions hopefully that will plant that seed to stem where people are communicating more and we can start doing things where we can start looking at things like well do you know what we can do business with each other we can do like so much other things like have these discussions have these like training modules have all, all these little things that we could do um, without having to be reliant on Agreed. the the mainstream Agreed. media yeah, to provide it for us, do you know what I mean? We just live in a time where we get so much. We have access to so much information. We just had to be better equipped to use it, you know. And and I um, mm-hmm. I was telling a, a group of us to talk on the yeah. internet, and I was like, it's kind of like I can give anybody a gun, but they don't necessarily know how to use it, you know. And that's same thing with information we have access to have so much information yeah. but people aren't equipped with how to use it and so with all this technology out here we need to have discussions like this we need to figure out ways yeah. to take these ideas and translate them into like formula things you can actually use you know like all right we have this information now how can we benefit from it yeah i agree totally man yeah yeah man Oh no, that's that's interesting, man. Yeah. No, I think we touched oh, everything. Cool. This was definitely like. Was there anything else you wanted to ask me? Man. I, I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to me. Yeah, man. I think yeah. No. Do you know what? I really appreciate it too, man. I appreciate you taking the time too, man. And like, I think for me, it's just good to kind of 
have these discussions and kind of see sort of a different insight on things because like especially now I've kind of I'm going to leave here having a different kind of understanding and be like oh, okay cool because even when you mentioned about how Africans look at Americans differently and things like that all those sort of things these are like discussions that I can then have with my sort of friends and be like oh my like my friends that are like African that have family in America and see like you know those sort of have these discussions and bridge these gaps and things like that as well because sometimes I might not necessarily be it might not be in the forefront of my mind Definitely. of and these I, sort of things these I issues the that you guys way, are having I feel like I, you know I, what I mean? I've come from this conversation so, yeah, better educated man and just ready to just like learn more to learn more definitely about everything so I can I can be better equipped to have those conversations here yeah man I appreciate you bro but what I was going to say is if you want to leave um like all your information so if anyone wants to kind of follow you definitely, uh, to hear any more of I'm your George stuff as well any more of your material IG, like, just let them know Facebook you. and Twitter at Soul Boxing Show S-O-U-L B-O-X-I-N S-H-O-W we got new shows every week I try to do a post every day on something I just want to spark your mind and make you think different and hopefully that thinking different to change your actions mm-hmm. oh that's cool man that's cool and plus as well through this man I'm going to be checking out a lot of a lot of these American podcasts as well man because I think you guys definitely have some of these discussions that I can learn a lot from as well man man. so I appreciate all that you guys are doing man and just keep it going Uh, you too be safe yeah bro stay safe and we'll catch up soon